Hey, my name is Marcy. I'm a hairstylist and suite owner out of North Carolina. I actually work at two locations throughout state and Schedulicity helps me manage my busy schedule in both places. Um, it's so easy to send emails to the different client lists, to book clients for the different clients lists and toggle back and forth in the app. Um, it's kind of killer for me. I love it so much. I grew up in the age of everything online and being able to do everything through my phone, manage my day to day, send out emails, process payments, everything um, is such a huge help as a small business owner um, and someone who's out there hustling and grinding every single day. Um, and a huge shout out to Schedulicity and everything that they did um, immediately when COVID hit the industry and just stepping up to the plate with no questions asked. And being there for us stylists, Schedulicity, you rock. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? Just enjoying some uh, conversation before the podcast. <laughs> Stupid. Trying to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> know, right? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to uh, Mr. Matt Sweeney today, who's a 2013, 16, and 17 trophy, uh, bringing home the trophy at the Naha Awards. Get out. In the uh, avant-garde section. Uh-huh. He is, this man is uh, considered by L as a beauty genius. So I'm really, really looking forward to picking his brain today. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. I um, it, just to you know, tell the listeners, you know, my process is not to know anything about anybody, um, and then to kind of jump in and uh, you know, just watch the conversation go. That that's super impressive, man. Uh, you know, yeah. The more I read about this guy, the more I am blown away by his credentials. That's cool. Yeah, I'm not really sure we're gonna get to his credentials because uh, he's got so much to say. Yeah, some of the stories before the podcast. <laughs> like, you know what? We might not even be talking about hair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I should have pushed record. Yeah. Stupid. Um. So, uh, well, I mean, a, a little bit is. Uh, so uh, I was talking to Leah Freeman about coming on the podcast, and she says you don't want me, you want Matt. So, um, I mean, we're gonna get Leah assured, but um, but uh, she recommended that we talk to Matt, and um, and you know, Matt, Matt and I have been playing, um, you know text tag in for your head in my, <laughs> in my head so uh so we've been playing text tag for a little bit i'm um, trying to get together we knew that we wanted to do it live so um you know we just had to be in the same building which is you know kind of more difficult sometimes than than the need be or than is yeah um, let's get a shout out to salon oh yeah let's let, let's do that so um again um uh premiere didn't have a place for us this year so we reached out to salon centric and they were incredibly kind enough to uh, to set us up in their vip room so um i feel like the least vip in the room <laughs> but you know it's a vip room nonetheless yeah and so all the background noise that you might hear they're going to be playing music later so all that's from this room and from all uh, the vips that's like that's vip right. chatter you hear it's like the party <laughs> behind the party right? exactly 
<laughs> exactly. Well, let's get in. You want to get in? Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Matt Sweeney, thank you for joining us on your day off. It's a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah. I can't believe it finally happened. We, liter- we literally pulled Matt off the stage yesterday <laughs> to arrange this. Because <laughs> you don't return text. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Matt said, if you ever wanted to get in touch with me, text me because I'm terrible on, on Instagram. And I, I told him, like, I did. And last time you didn't respond. And he goes, no, I definitely responded. So I opened up my text message and uh, Matt was right. I definitely right. responded. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Matt, where are you from? Uh, I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, born and raised. Spent a little time in Puerto Rico, a little time in Miami, a little time in New York. But St. Paul's home, nice blue collar neighborhood, and that's kind of how I grew up. I have uh, actually, I have a couple of clients from Minnesota, and uh, one of my clients, he uh, he has a, a lake house, and he's been building it uh, since he was uh, a young adult. He would go back, spend two, three weeks uh, during the summer to build this log cabin on the lake house. And now he's about to retire. And so he is so looking forward to spending the summers there. And the, It's and a the, beautiful place, man. 22,000 lakes. But at the end wow. of the day, but there's so many damn mosquitoes bottom those lakes. <laughs> <laughs> I stay in the city. I'm, like, I'm going anywhere. I'm going to the beach, you know, the ocean beach. But yeah, it's beautiful up there. Um, I know a lot of people love it. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, we just we uh I, we talked to Michael Cole, I guess, a couple months ago. You yeah. know, who's you know from that area yeah. as well. So, um, and of course, you had the great Hoist from uh from Aveda that was uh he's from Minnesota as well. I don't yeah. know if he's well, from he's Minnesota. Not, no, he's from Austria. From he Austria. got in a car accident in Minnesota and uh-huh. uh, ended up being stuck there. Uh, ended up <laughs> ended up, ended up like, a, a bad car accident. Ended up liking it, and then uh, yeah, he ended up staying. I, but I'm grateful he did because yeah, right. he changed Minnesota or Minneapolis. Into a hair mecca, in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So he brought. So there's a lot of artists that come in and out of. A know? lot of artists. I mean, you have the Aveda Institute, the original one, not like a spinoff school there. And right. so back in the day, when he was, when it was Horst and Friends and stuff like that, when mm-hmm. he used to have a mansion where the school was, it wasn't the big Masonic temple. And some of the people that came out of that time frame of doing hair in the in the 80s were just so talented that they just built the culture of hair up in Minneapolis. Wow, we I, we I believe we have more salons per capita than any place in the U.S. Really, wow. I think so. Between the lakes and the salons, don't, don't quote right. me on it, but I think so. <laughs> so how did how did you get into hair? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, my parents owned a hair salon. My grandma was a hairdresser, uh, so my parents owned a salon for forty years. But it's the last thing I wanted to do growing up. Uh, I played football. I was an athlete. I had a scholarship to Arizona State. Tore wow. my ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, patella tendon. Wow. Couldn't play football anymore, so I thought I'd go to hair school uh, just to give it a shot because all the other stuff I was doing was not helping me. Hey, right. whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like you, when you when your dreams taken away at a young age, you uh, you look for things to self medicate and stuff like that. So it wasn't helping. Looked in the mirror one day, I was like, I'm gonna go to hair school, see what I can do. So technically, you're a third generation. Fourth, actually. Fourth. It goes even deeper than that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In Sicily, my grandpa was a barber. Like, grew up my great great. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. incredible. So that's in your DNA. So you didn't, it is. You yeah, didn't have definitely, a choice. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> Options you have none. I was, right. an, I was an only uh, only blood child. So, yeah, I think I was. Oh. Right. If, if I didn't, you know, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> so, so blood child. So do you have adopted brothers and sisters? Uh, not adopted. Um, well, starting at age two, my parents started hosting foreign exchange students. 
And so between the age of 2 and 16, I had 18 foreign exchange students from all over the world. Uh, some of them came and lived with us for a year. Others lived with us for 10 years. Just came oh, back. Wow. Yeah, so I have brothers all over the world. How many in total? 18. That's incredible. 18 in total. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that's a... What a what a oppor- you know opportunity for your parents to just I guess I mean all everybody it sounds like right just to be yeah. able to join. My parents are really cool people. That I mean, Italian Irish family, you know. Right. Excellent. But uh, they got big hearts. You know, they gave everything they had to other people instead of saving it for themselves. Mm. That's that. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. And their hairdressers. Just generous. Yeah. Just generous. And their hairdressers. And their hairdressers. And, their, and right. it's funny because. Here we go again uh, about the amazing, you know, yesterday or really all weekend we talked about how giving a lot of a lot of people in our industry are. You know what I mean? And and how important the love and the creativity. Ruth Roche was talking about love and create, and I, your your parents were the epitome of that, right? I mean, they yeah. can't get more love than that. Giving eighteen people an opportunity to share, you know, as a family. Yeah, and I mean it's. And, you know, these people come here, they go to high school from Colombia or from Brazil or from Mexico, and they get to live a seemingly better life at that time, right? Like, they get to go to a better college, they get to experience better job opportunities, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just, it was, it's impressive to me every time I look back on it. So, out of the 18, um, do do you have relationships with all of them? I have deep relationship with probably six of them. I have good relationship with about 10 more, and there's about two I don't really right. talk to right. just because it was you know one of them was just kind of like uh he's a great guy but mm-hmm. he's like oh i'm a surfer in indonesia oh i'm a, you know a rancher in australia oh you know like so it's just one of those you know you lose touch um and you know a long time ago there was no instagram Facebook, <laughs> exactly. right? there was i don't there, actually there wasn't even email so, <laughs> <laughs> so pre uh, yeah so it was a phone call right and uh, that was attached to a wall yeah exactly <laughs> the old rotary dial <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's funny but yeah I have, I have good I was just in Brazil uh, a couple months ago hooked up with one of them showed me around for the day hung out with his family oh that's really cool did mm-hmm. um did uh are, did most of them go back to their um their home countries or, or yeah a lot of them um, in the US three of them stayed in the US oh. uh, one lives in Miami and one lives in Minnesota still and then uh, one lives I think uh, he moved to Texas now or something like that and then the rest of them are in their home countries but in February uh, we're planning a party in my at my brother's house in Miami, um, and we're bringing I think fifteen of them are coming back. As wow. a, it's a surprise party for my fa- my, my parents. Oh really? Yeah, because they're old. My dad's seventy eight. My mom's seventy. I got a little hairs on the yeah, back of my neck. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Up. And That's my dad's like an 88, 78, and my mom's like a ninety five, seventy. So <laughs> you don't know how much time they have left. So we yeah. want to do something special for them. Wow, that's incredible, man. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Do um, did any of them uh, uh, get the adopted DNA? Uh, no, <laughs> no, they're, they're like uh, money guys. All of them turned like most of them turned out to be like money guys, business guys, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Did you get do you get any money advice from them? Uh, no, my the one in the one who lives in Miami. It's a minimum of uh, I think a forty million dollar investment. So I haven't quite made it there. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> help! <laughs> we'll dance for dollars. <laughs> Those are the videos from last night. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy talk. Man. That is crazy. So, so you decided to go to hair school. Mm-hmm. 
And then you, did you come when you came out? Did you work for your parents? I did. Yeah, I worked for my parents for four years, um, almost five. Uh, they had like a shampoo set Friday hair salon. You know, the old ladies come in on Thursday, Friday. I got them back brushing their hair for an hour, combing out their scalp from the week before. <laughs> all for like my first haircut price was fifteen bucks, man, uh, and a one dollar tip connected to it. You know, but. It, yeah, listen, at the time, I thought I was too cool for that. But looking back now, that's what shaped me into everything that I am. You know, like I would walk the ladies to their cars and, you know, all that stuff. And it just it taught me how to treat people. Right. And I wow. think that's the most important thing. Um, and, you know, the classic sets are what really give me, uh, I think, have given me the success I have behind like camera. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you've built that foundation. It became second nature to you in the foundation of, of the set. And you know you showed some of your work uh today and it, it was mind-blowing some of the mm-hmm. some of the creativity oh, and and kind. just it, it was beautiful well Thank he was sharing he, he sharing his on uh, he was sharing his naha entries right for this year yeah so we're the first ones right yeah I, you guys I mean, are the first besides my homies at the shop but yeah. my homies right. you know yeah. hey tony where's homie stall that's true where you guys are in the circle <laughs> yeah. don't fucking fall out of the circle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can never leave yeah exactly exactly keep those pictures to yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> make sure you tag me matt yeah <laughs> so so what did you do after the five years uh after five years i just you know my parents were my parents for their salon they had they were in a very expensive area and uh the landlord just wasn't a good dude you know Mm -hmm. so they had to downsize and plus they didn't really grow with the years you know they kind of they were really cool when they opened but i wasn't i was the first youth me and a couple other people that they had had in like 20 years walk through the door you know to work and so you just change in your in your clientele and you're like you're a different kind of cool you know as you age and so the salon just got a little old they had to downsize and it was like it was my opportunity. Like it didn't seem like something I wanted to take over at that point. I was I wanted to move to Minneapolis, open my salon in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. where we were in uptown. And so I called my buddy Mike, who worked for my dad, and I was like, "Here's the deal, man. Like I'm gonna open a salon. If you want 50 percent, like you can do it now, or you can stay with my parents or find another job. But this is what I'm gonna do." So I uh, yeah, I opened my salon. I was 24. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so. Well, at least you had a uh, your buddy working with you at your dad's place. Yeah, well, not only that, there was a girl that worked in my parents' sl- shop too, who I had been friends with since I was twelve, and I was like, yeah, Heidi, you want to stay with these guys? Or you want to come with us? You know. So you just taking everybody? Dude, he fleeced his own parents. He's talking about the landlord being a dude, good, good dude. He fleeced his parents a lot. Here's the deal, man. If you build it, they will come. You know. That's right. If you build it, they will come. We were. It was a big. Dude, age I've heard gap. of asshole hairdressers and hair <laughs> His own parents. Yeah. Well, he, hey, Dad, you want to come work for me? <laughs> you know, my dad Lever. does. My dad works for me now. Oh, that's yeah, my dad works for me now. Not my mom. Right. But my dad does. He's in the back room. Leave mom. Yeah. Exactly. Come it was funny. Because we were, Kelly and I were talking uh, before the podcast about my family. I got a super close family. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, it sounds like you got a super close family. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. Being, work, being able to work with your parents. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you know, you're still tight with a lot of your brothers and sisters that, uh, and, and your mom, you yeah. know? No. I mean, my family is super tight. Like, I would do anything for them. Yeah. But I also consider, like, the people that I work for, they're my family, too. And I would do absolutely anything for them. That's like old school loyalty. That, that's Sicilian loyalty right there, man. That's you right. can hear it in his voice. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're in the circle, bro. Yeah. 
Well, you guys ever need anything? Let me know. <laughs> All right. I wasn't always a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> That's podcast oh, number two. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe. There's a statute of limitations on some things, right? right. <laughs> How long can we hide them? Yeah. Right. Michael. How long did Michael stay on the island? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so when did you open up your salon? Uh, 2003. Oh, yeah. so it's just been a good run. Yeah, man. No, it's been a great run. Um, so, hold on. So, did he, did he take your offer or not? Did he stay with your dad or did no, he? No, he, Mike came on as the business partner, 50%. Heidi came on uh, as an employee uh, three years later or four years later. Then we sold, each sold her a portion of our shares of the business. So now the three of us are owners. Um, and really, she's the one, I'm like, there's no joke. She's the one who runs the salon. I mean, right. I just, Mike is irresponsible and unorganized. I'm super unorganized and irresponsible half the time. So we needed a uh, woman to take control and that's, show us how to do things we have one too yeah. Her name is Katie. <laughs> i mean that's the reality of it right like um so there's just a different it's a different thought process most of the time right mm-hmm. like men are from mars women are from venus and she just she dialed it in and now we're just we're banging that's awesome yeah, yeah good I, job good I job Heidi. we would totally be lost without katie oh there's no doubt <laughs> yeah she actually couldn't make it saturday and i was like so nervous all day man. yeah what's that <laughs> yeah. phrase like you might be the head, but the woman's the neck or something That's right. like that, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so how long were you uh, in this? Well, I mean, how'd you get to work for Lonza? And like, what uh, was that trip like? That was weird. Yeah. No, I, um, I did this thing, I think it was in 2004, called America's Team Next, uh, which was part of the ICE shows, the ICE. And it was young educators who wanted to educate but they weren't affiliated to product lines. And so I tried out for that, made that. Then I worked f- for Matrix for two weeks. <laughs> I, wow. tried, I just tried out, you know, and right. they were like, yeah. And they put me on this show to assist some of their creative directors. And this dude who used to, a rep who used to call him my dad's salon, came up to me at the show and he's like, hey, there's this company that I just started working for. They've been around for a long time, but they're rebranding. And they're looking for creatives, like people to just like join the creative team. Right. And at Matrix, I would have had to go through whatever process they have to become an educator. And he's like, they're looking for people to just sign on to the creative team. And I was like, well, shoot, you know, hook a brother up. Right. And I was like 24 years, 24. Yeah, 24, 23, 24. And so, yeah. So then he connected me with David and I flew out to see David, the owner of Lanza, David Burglass, uh, about two weeks after that. And that was that. That's so cool, man. So yeah, so this is funny, though. He asked me, he's like, hey, when you come out, bring your portfolio, right? And I was like, sounds great. I'll have it ready. Roll, we'll be rocking and rolling. Hang up the phone. And I look at one of my buddies, and I was like, I don't have a fucking portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? Right? You know? Holy shit. So I, I just had a great network of friends, you know, and I called this buddy of mine who now is the uh, VP of new business for uh, MDC companies, which owns... 45 different ad agencies all over the country and dude's just like a killer slayer he loved doing video and this is you know before video like they didn't have instagram videos and all that kind of stuff before before cell phone videos yeah before cell phone videos exactly and then i had a photographer friend i had cute clients and so i did a I, i hooked up a photo shoot in like four days and he filmed it and rather than coming in with a portfolio i came in with a one minute video of like who i am 
what I do behind the chair, like what I can do, like as far as hair creativity and all that stuff. And so it was like the minute Instagram video 10 years early, 15 years early. <laughs> and so David was like, holy shit, who's this dude? And he hired me because of the video. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, all, forever the disruptor, right? Yeah. It was a Wu-Tang song on the Wu-Tang. video, too. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of, course, of course it was. Yeah, what absolutely. else would be on it? You know, Celine Dion? Yeah. That would be pretty good. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, I don't even know. Listen, this can be a hard trans- transition. So, right before we went on, you kind of told us about this um, this program that you did. It was like a... Yeah, the Hoffman process. Tell us about that. Um, the Hoffman process is like, it's a... It's a retreat, if you will, that you do Northern California. Um, you fly in, you hand over your phone, and it's all about deconstructing the patterns, right? Like our life is run off patterns. You are either, your pattern is either a mimic of a parent's pattern or a rebellion of a parent's pattern. And so we transfer these through generationally, through to our families. And um, I have two kids, you know, um, and it was just a point in my life where I felt like I needed to to stop some of the stuff that just goes on generationally between and I think people we all struggle from the same fucking problems anyway that's the reality we all have the same patterns in one way shape or form and so I just wanted to to try and better myself um, for the people that I come in contact with and for myself right so how did you hear about the Hoffman process Uh, I have a dude that reads my astrological charts uh, out in California and he's just this really interesting guy who lives above a garage in in, uh, Santa Barbara, but yet he reads for like the dude who wrote Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul, and he reads for all these like really famous people and all this stuff, Um, and he's just a real simple man, and anyway, he read for me, and he was like, I I have this thing that I just think it's the time in your life where you need to do this, because I've been constantly searching for, for, not for more, but for, uh, for cure for absence, if you will, you know, like I just have always kind of felt a little bit of an absence. Uh, throughout the course of my younger years. I mean, I was teased. I was bullied. You know, I was the fat kid, you know, until I became a big football player. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're just kind of angry at that point. So it's hard to deal with all that stuff. Um, and yeah, he hooked me up with it. And it took me about a year and a half, I think, to pull the trigger to finally wow. go. Because when you read about it, it's like you read the, the, the website and you're like, yeah, well, yeah, well, that sounds like everybody. And, but when you get there, it's a whole different experience. Wow. Just kind of find your purpose. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think so. Definitely. I, I think that's part of it. You said it's like a retreat. Is it like set, in like, set up in like classroom kind of settings? Or? Mm, that's a good No, yeah. so you, it used to be a Boy Scout retreat. So you have, like, your accommodations are absolute 100% garbage. Like it's not like a frilly dilly type of and that's, situation. That, you think it's purposeful? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's to create discomfort. I mean, you have to disconnect, you know, from all these ideas of self and ideas of what you need and all that kind of stuff. Um, the only thing that is really good, like astronomically good, was the food. It was all very organic, like private chef kind of thing and, you know, buffet style, but, but organic vegetarian for the week, you know, or for the eight days that you're there and classroom. I mean, you're in a room with four walls, (laughs) 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 there's no desks, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's baseball bats, there's pillows, there's, there's a lot of tears and a lot of stuff. Coming out of people, you know, a lot of digging. Yeah, stuff you just you just didn't even know was there, and that's really hard for me. One of my biggest issues is my voice. Um, I'm just somebody who doesn't necessarily think that I need to say, you know, say everything that's inside. I just kind of like shoved it away prior to that. 
Right. So using my voice uh, was a was a difficult thing for me. Oh, I got so many questions. I, I think we're going to spend some time <laughs> in the hall. Has it helped you, like, to develop who you are today in a sense on stage? Um, yeah, totally. Uh, it's just a when you when you go through a situation like that. I mean, I don't. I've never. I was not part of the military. My dad was. My dad was in uh, Korea, the Korean War, and um, it's. Like you were in battle in that in that particular moment, and so I think that there's a level of authenticity that arrives after you're done with that. To be honest with you, I mean, if you can if you can nurture it, you know, and uh, and really kind of give it the space that it needs to mature, then yeah, I would say that it's totally changed who I who I am from stage. You know, I always thought I had to be somebody, or I was always trying to be Robert Cromies, right? Or I was always trying to be Angelo right. Seminara, and rather than you know what, I'm just going to be me. And some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. No sweat off my back. Right. How many, um, like, how many people were uh, at the retreat with you? This is weird. So I, it's cosmically, I tell you, like, cosmically, I'm lucky. Uh, we basically had, like, an all-star teacher class, right? So there was four teachers that had been, like, the longest-running teachers, and they were all retiring after that particular program, like, that week when I was there. And they were, like, the, all, the all-stars. And typically, there's like 30 some odd people. There was, I think, 21. So everything was like great. Like so, you when know. you said the teachers, those aren't the participants. Those are the ones that were that were carrying the class, yeah. carrying the, uh, yeah. the retreat. Mm-hmm. And they're all like some sort of uh, psychologist type. This, mm-hmm. you know, you might you might have a marital therapist. You might have like you know other kinds of therapists, psychologists running through. So be, uh, before we went on, you said that um, that everybody had to come up with their own nickname. Your there. childhood nickname. So, I mean, let's get into that a little bit. So you, uh, so you kind of had to almost erase your identity in a weird way. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Like you could, you weren't. Like I wasn't. Um, well, because a lot of these patterns start in your childhood, right? I mean, you start. Is all people at some point like the as we're we're babies, we have in it a belief that we need to be coddled all the time, like held all the time, and so. Um, the minute that a parent, you know, sets you down to go to the bathroom, which is not a big deal, but there's a sense of abandonment in a child. Like they don't understand that you're going pee. Right. right? And so they want to bring you back down to, you know, those kind of like younger years. And part of that is being, you know, being called your childhood nickname. Were you the fat kid? Was that your nickname? <laughs> in school, <laughs> in school, uh, at home I was, uh, Mateo because Mateo. I had all these Spanish brothers. So everyone was calling me Mateo. And so, yeah, Mateo. That's a pretty good nickname, man. Yeah. That's Sam's Via's, uh, that's Sam Via's son's name, name right? Yeah. yeah. Mateo. Yeah. Mateo. Mateo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, uh, so it was, it was eight days mm-hmm. and, uh, I guess you were just shook after eight days. I can imagine. I mean, you know, we've done like afternoon type stuff like that. That'll keep you shook. I can't imagine eight days. Of yeah. Like, I mean, you, you live a lot of time in silence. You even eat in silence. Have you, I don't know if you've ever sat down in a meal with 21 people and it's a silent meal. And the only thing you hear is like forks, knives, gulps, and chews. You know, it's a, it's yeah, yeah. I was when I walked out when I walked out of there, um, and I went into real life because it's you know you're in Napa, it's beautiful, right? And then I had to drive back into San Francisco, spent the night in San Francisco, and I mean green green was more green, you know, blue was more blue. I mean because you didn't have your phone, you didn't have there was no distraction. There was no distraction at all. And so the level of awareness and the level of uh, centeredness at that point was was quite high. And were you married at the time? Yeah. 
So what was the, the reaction of your wife or when you saw your wife? I mean, that, I mean, relationship had to have either more meaning or more clarity or. Yeah, that was, that's, a, that was actually, honestly, that's difficult. You know, she didn't do it. So you're at this weird place afterwards of like, if you respond, when you're in a relationship, you create an ecosystem, right? And so that ecosystem is working like any ecosystem, any slight change of the ecosystem affects it. And so if you're used to engaging, like some people argue to get attention, right? That's what a lot, why most people argue. They want attention. And when you argue with someone, they have your full attention. And so let's say I, I would typically respond in an arguing fashion to some comment or whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden I'm responding with, oh, really, that's how you feel. It, it can affect, you know, not always positively, Right. a relationship or negatively but it just has an effect right. it changes things and so um it was tough yeah it was tough i mean i came home on halloween like i had to go trick-or-treating with my with my youngest that night and it was it was a tough re-entry i'm not gonna lie wow wow yeah i mean really even, even before That's that well said though i mean you know it was looking at a relationship like the ecosystem i've never yeah. even uh articulated that, that way, way. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so what was the conversation like uh hey honey I'm going to go disappear for a week, and it's not hair-related, and, and, and I think I need this. Uh, or, or, or was it the other, and, like, uh, were you on some level reaching your bottom, and, like, you knew that, th- that you had to do this? No, I don't think I was reaching bottom. I mean, the, probably the most bottom I've ever reached, I was, like, 19 years old. But um, I just said I was going. I mean, it, it. yeah, this is a really, like... I'm a firm believer, like, if you love somebody, then you have to love them freely, you know? It's like Osho said, if you, if you, lo- if you love a flower, don't pick it. Like, let it live, you know, let it, let it do its thing. If you like the flower, pick it and keep it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just said I'm going. Like, if, it, if this is something that affects you in a negative manner, I'm really sorry, but this is what I have to do for myself. And if I'm not good, we're not good. Well, obviously, she supported you, so. You no, know. it was a struggle. Well, but she's, yeah. It was a struggle for a little bit, but she, she, you know, she got into it. You know, mm-hmm. she, she understood afterwards. And I've done it again too since. Like I told her when I, I was last year, last year February, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Tulum for five days. Has she ever thought about doing it herself? No. No. Well, here, here's a thought. Different mindset. Could she, and and not your wife necessarily, but but do you think that one could do it with their spouse, or do you think no, they, you, they, they, they don't let you. They won't let you do mm-hmm. that. They could do it. You could do it at separate times. Right, but, but you cannot together. go to it together because it will disrupt the experience. I mean, when it, you are you are discussing everything, right? Everything, and if you hold something back, the only person you're hurting is yourself. And and are you? Is it all dudes, or is it or is it no, mixed it's company? Mixed. It's mixed. Yeah. yeah, which I think that was like her biggest fear of the situation because you are so broken down at that point, right? right. Like and vulnerable that you know people fall in love with people or people you know that kind of stuff, but. That wasn't my purpose. So, right. I mean, yeah. That's just all Hollywood fake love, though, right? Yeah, like man. I mean, that stuff, stuff. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm Italian. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love hard. There's no question. But, um, but when I have a purpose, the purpose is is the purpose. Is the purpose? Yeah. And I wasn't. That's not what I was there for. I wasn't. You know, I was trying to be better for her, for my kids. You so know, when for uh, myself. So when um when are you doing ayahuasca? Um. Again? Ooh, really? Yeah, for sure, man. Tell us that. Uh, that experience was... Where were you, first off? Uh, I was in Minnesota. 
Uh, in Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. didn't have to go to like some like Brazilian shaman or anything? No, I got a shaman in Minnesota. Minnesota actually has quite a bit of uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah, and so uh, I was in a cabin. Could have been your friend's cabin. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Did he have red hair? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, I was in a cabin um, overnight. Um, They they do three-day retreats. They do one-day retreats. Uh, I only did it one day Mm -hmm. um, just because I have responsibilities, but... Except uh, for eight days in, you know, Tulum. Yeah, well, five. (laughs) Five in Tulum. (laughs) But uh, by the way, I did not talk to a single soul in Tulum. I didn't open my mouth once. Silent the whole time? The entire time. You were that weird monk dude? Totally, 100%. Like, when I ordered food, I was like... Pointing at the Are menu. You serious? Yeah. yeah, I didn't talk. I just wanted to. And was do that it. was that a discipline that you like? You went into like I'm not going to talk or, or. Yeah, man, I like to discipline myself in certain ways. I, I could tell that. you about my current discipline, but it might be a little too much for your. Podcast. No, no, no. We're definitely going to get into our current discipline, but right after we talk about um your your day of uh, ayahuasca. Mm. Actually, maybe maybe I, I don't. I mean, I listen to Rogan a lot, so you know, <laughs> I'm familiar with what ayahuasca is. Why don't you um, kind of explain what ayahuasca is and then explain what your experience was and how it came about? Yeah, so ayahuasca is a medicine. Um, they call it the mother. Uh, basically, it's derived from root, um, Brazilian, um, Brazilian-based, Peruvian-based. People will talk different about it. But it's something that you have to be, you know, it's, it's a great experience. I mean, it's like an LSD experience, uh-huh. too, you know. Like, LSD can be a great experience. It's just who who is around you and who is kind of monitoring the situation or who is holding space, right? So that's a, the big, like for ayahuasca, you need to find the right person holding space because if that person holding space has not somewhat dealt with their issues, those issues will enter your space and they will affect your journey as well. So what kind of space are they, are they holding for you um, when, you, when, you're, when you're doing the ceremony? Wow. So, um, thanks for, I had no clue what it was, but so I was one of those when you, yeah, when you're talking about, it, I'm like, huh? <laughs> thanks for clear. Yeah. yeah so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, again, I mean, I'm just, I've never done ayahuasca, but I, I, you know, you listen, I listen to the Joe Rogan thing all you the should. time. So, um, so what I keep coming back to is that, you know, the, the Matt Sweeney that sits in front of us and like, you know, he's like this big, tough football guy, you know, that, that, that he keeps projecting on us, but, you know, with, with both the uh, the ayahuasca experience and his Hoffman experience, um, it's like th- these things are intended to to, to tear away your ego, and, and I'm I'm curious as to to why that's your drive or, or, or whatever or, or that it seems to me like that that's what you keep ending up at. Does that make sense? I don't know. Like kind of. spiritual growth. Well. Uh, Again, it's kind of like, again, I, I don't know anything about it other than, you know, what, what Rogan talks about and how, how these experiences, uh, you know, kind of strip away your ego and kind of mm-hmm. really allow you to, yeah, I guess. Well, I, I, take it, I took it like, you know what I mean? Here he is. He had dreams that were kind of stripped away because of, uh, you know, his knee injuries. And, and there's a lot of anger, a lot of uh-huh. bitterness. There's a lot of wounds. And, and he goes here to to heal those you know what i mean to help soften all the 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 hardness of his heart or anything Mm -hmm. that you know there's things that build up when uh you become angry you know what i mean and now he has to try to deconstruct to and and build up a new mat to to someone that's you know what i mean that's more free and loving and and caring and not so isolated i dig that man yeah i mean i think you guys are both right i think one thing too though that you have to like it's not even even about like being a new a new mat. It's about realizing that like there really is no mat. Like that's right. the reality, right? There is no mat. Um, there is no nothing beyond the simple like 
cosmic reality of life, you know? And so, I don't know. For me, I just, yeah, I, I do these things because I, I do believe there is more to understand about who we are and why we're here. And I see the stuff that goes on in the news and I see the shit that people stress about and I see the gossip that people talk about and I see the things that are considered bad in our society and the things that are considered good. And I think it's fucked up. I, I, I just have a different, a different mindset about it all. Right. Know? Now, when you say the way, that's a collective way. So, like, like what's your responsibility for yourself? Um, my responsibility for myself is that we all hold space, right, as a group. Like, and so there's, there's a constant need for balance in the universe, right? I mean, it's a, it's a prime example is, like, right now, is that we're seeing a lot of females in the world being more masculine, right like in their in their approach right they're taking their they're connecting more with their masculine energy and you're seeing a lot of these young kids because i have kids in high school mm-hmm. these these boys are attracting more to their female energy than their masculine energy a lot of it because there needs to be equality like it needs to be balanced right so if if the females start focusing more on their masculine energy and that masculine energy plus male masculine energy is going like this, somewhere there needs to be more female energy to balance it out. And so it's all about balance. And so for me, I'm trying to help raise the vibration of humanity, man. I mean, that's it. Oh, that's a lot of love right there. That's a lot of love. And, and it's so weird because with this podcast, again, we've been, we've been very, very fortunate and very, very lucky enough to talk to you know, people that have had successes in our industry, right? Yeah. And, and, and it seems like the common denominator that we keep coming back to is, is to be responsible, to first have self-awareness and then to be responsible for, for, for whatever that um, enlightenment is. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I just, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if we're looking for the golden rule, but maybe those are the golden rules, man, is to, is to be responsible for that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it will be forever evolving, right? No mm-hmm. doubt. But right now. We definitely need some help and we do need to be responsible and we do need to have self-awareness because I think that's what we lack most, you know, as a society is self-awareness right now. And accountability, I think. I mean, accountability yeah. on top of that. For sure. You know? For sure, man. Absolutely. So uh, let's get back into hair. <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. One more. Hey, Matt. Yeah. What's your current discipline? Are you sure you want me to drop the bomb on you, man? <laughs> <laughs> It's a twenty-one day no, twenty-one day no semen. In any way, yeah, man, it's good for you. It's good for the creativity. Uh, you know, your your sacral chakra, uh, your sex center, and your center of creativity are in the same place. And so, especially for dudes, like Eastern Eastern medicine, um, Ayurvedic medicine, like every time you have like an expelling orgasm as a man, like you lose um, some of your entity. Right. As, right. A, as a man. And so the more that you lose, the obviously the less you have. And so like, you know, guy, like as we get older, like our knees hurt, our back hurt and stuff like that. Uh, a lot for, for guys. And a lot of that actually has nothing to do with your knees and your back. In in my belief. And you're right. My so. wife's going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, she'll be happy on 20, day 22. <laughs> right. <laughs> and be like, you're 16 all over again, homie. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, man, it's and that's that's probably the hardest thing I've like one of the hardest things I've done. Really? I'm not gonna lie, yeah, no, for sure. So, so on what day do you start feeling like like an like Wolfman? Two, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's another form of discipline, right? It I mean, is, it, it, it is, is, man. Really, like you know, you do, you get it goes through waves. You know, I'm cool some points, and other points, it's not so cool. But 
but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's important to challenge yourself to do things uh, outside your box, you know. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that uh, Matt Sweeney is like, uh, is like hairdresser's uh, Tim Ferriss, right? Because Tim Ferriss is always doing these self-challenges, yeah. right? And, yeah. and Tim Ferriss doesn't talk about them until he's either completed them or until that he's, uh, he understands it, right? Yeah. So even if he understands it halfway through his discipline, he'll talk about it. But, you know, he, uh, I, I dig that in like just in mad respect uh, both for you and, and, and for Tim, obviously. But um, that, that, I love that. I love that approach. And, and you know, I can't even think about it because I'll start doing wacky shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just total mad respect for you, brother. Thanks, you know man. what I mean? Not, not just that, but just keep challenging yourself and, and, and just rising to the next occasion, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you conquer now. What's next above that? And you just keep pushing yourself. And, and obviously, your work speaks for itself. And, yeah, just a lot of respect, bro. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. So, um, so now can I get back to hair? <laughs> as long as we're going to Naha. Right. <laughs> well, this is one question before. So when did L write that article about you, about, you know, I'm, you know, because we're looking at your work and, you know, and L's a, you know, obviously a well-respected magazine. I mean, you're, you're considered a beauty genius. Yeah. Oh, I was doing a hair show in New York City and one of the editors came and. I was doing razor haircuts that that particular show, and that's what she wrote about. So, it was for the razor cuts. Excellent. And w- what year was that? Man, they all run together. Right. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> Shit. Hey, but the next twenty-one days aren't going to run together. No, man. I know. I know the minutes, the seconds, you know, the milliseconds. Hey, go ahead, talk about Naha, Corey. I'm going to go find it. I'm going to tell everybody what year that was. I think it was like two thirteen, maybe something like that. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, to talk about Naha, like what was that motivation? When when did you go, that's what I want to do? And, and to you is, is Naha like the, the pinnacle of our industry? Oof. That's a good question. Um, probably I was, when I was on that America's team next, I, I actually presented it like an award at Naha when it was still downtown LA. Um, and, you know, it just looked cool. I don't know. It just looked cool at that time. I was right. young. I was a young, young guy. And I was like, I want to figure out how I'm going to do this. And uh, I think it was, wasn't until like eight years later. No, five years later that I entered the first time. I was a finalist for Contemporary Classic, but I didn't win. And then two years later, I think I won for the avant-garde. How many times have you entered? Entered? Yeah. Or how many, I, I guess you can enter more than once a year, right? So how many categories have you over the years if you added them up? Mm, I bet I've entered 12 times. 12 times? How many wins? Four. Four. Damn, bro. You've only lost eight times. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So so uh, with, with the Naha Awards, I mean, I, I was listening to you and uh, Kelly Mason talk a little bit before we went on. What, mm-hmm. um... It, it has to be like a really solid collaboration between, you know, both both the hair and the photographer. Like, how'd you find your photographer? Who are you using? And um, and is that a fair statement? Yeah, no, man. I definitely think you need a you need a collab with your photographer, with your makeup artist, with your stylist, everyone involved. And my photographer that I use is a guy out of uh, Holland. His name is Richard Monsieur. And he's just the shit. I got introduced to him from a friend named Natasha Kaiser, who's also Dutch. And we hit, he and I hit it off day one. We were like brothers from another mother. And mm-hmm. so we just get each other. And there's no problem. Like he has no problem walk, walking up to me and being like, hey, yo, that's shit. And I have no problem walking up to him and being like, hey, 
that lighting is shit. Like, let's right. fix this. And it's not taken personal, you know. In the moment, we just are just creating together. And so, yeah, I think it's really... The, the photographer-stylist relationship is the most important thing. And finding the right photographer to do it, to actually make your dream or your vision uh, unfold, to me, is extremely important. Right. Do you ever get writer's block? Like, like do, you, do you stress yourself out with, like... I don't have any ideas or is there so many ideas you just got to figure out which one to do? Nah, man, I don't, I, I don't actually suffer from writer's block and it's not that I'm like, think that I'm super uber creative, but the reality is, is that when like, I don't, for what I plan to do for hair, for shoots, I really am not like a big planner. Like I walk into the shoot like, Oh, what does the hair want to do today? Right? Like, does it have a colic here? Does it have it there? Or a lot of people, in, for, in my opinion, I know people love mood boarding out hair and they mood board the shit out of it. And then the second that it doesn't look like the mood board, everything else is fucked, right? Because they're like, the, they, get, they get down on themselves. And so my, the way I approach it is like, I have a rough idea of like shapes I want to create, but then what's the hair want to do today? Because if it doesn't want to do that, then I have to be willing to do something else. And that's how it's going to look the best. Right, as if it does what it wants to do. Right. So, uh, so the first time that you won, I mean, how did that feel? Uh, man, that felt great. I, yeah, I don't know. I was uh, like a little bit of disbelief when you hear your name called for the first time. Um, actually, every time, every time, it's a it's right. a feeling of disbelief because there's you know four other people up there whose photos are up there that are all extremely talented. Um, but yeah, it, it, it felt like a weight lifted, you yeah. know, because I. I'm a pressure pusher. You're a football myself. player, yeah. right? And you and you had aspirations, maybe one day playing the NFL. And at the, the pinnacle uh, of an NFL player is the uh, Super Bowl, right? And or the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl. But in our industry, the Naha is the pinnacle, right, of of competitions in our in our industry because. All the who's who in our country is, you know, competing in the Naha. Right. And yeah. uh, to to win that, that's that's got to have a, like, wow, this is, you know what I mean? And not only just win it once, but you win it and you won it four times. You know what I mean? So kind of like, you know, a, a Pittsburgh Steeler, a Patriot. The, you know, there's <laughs> only a few people have won it that many times. Like, I'm assuming yeah. I, that's that's impressive. Right. That's just lucky, man. Just lucky. Get the right. Get it's true, man. No, oh, man. Listen, I was lucky I got hurt and got to do hair. I was lucky. You know, it's just luck, man. Just the way the world pushes you, you know. Um, I thought I wouldn't be doing this. And I got the best of both worlds because I think my oldest son is going to make me look foolish from the really? football field. Yeah, yeah. Oh, from the football field? Oh, yeah. So yeah. what position did you play? Me? I was a middle linebacker. Oh. Yeah. That's why your forehead's flat. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that and a few other reasons. <laughs> now, but my, my oldest son, he's 15. He's 6'6", 245. What? Yeah, man. He's a beast. So you're not that tall. I'm six feet. You're not 6'6"? Six, six? <laughs> no. That's a I'm big not. six inches, yeah, bro. I, I, it's true. Every inch counts. Yep. 6'6", six, six, 245. Sophomore. Wow. Wow. Yeah, really? Mm -hmm. And um, what position is he playing? Left tackle. The blind side. He's a beast. That's incredible, yeah. man. Yeah, He's a Sweeney. Sure. Can, we, can, we, can, we, can we put that name down? What's that? Sweeney. Sweeney? Yeah. I'll put it down. You'll see yeah. it for sure. For sure. <laughs> Actually, look for, look for the name, the Paisan, because that's what I call him. The Paisan? Paisan. Yeah. Paisan. So that's what they call him, the Paisan. So when he goes to Hoffman, he'll go as Paisan. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Both my kids, like, he, he's read The Alchemist. He's read some books. Like, mm -hmm. he's a very much a very uh, 
deep universal oh. deep child like he there's even you know i mean i think he struggles sometimes with kids his age because the shit they talk about doesn't have meaning to him he can't relate yeah no i don't think so yeah. i really don't think so he's a really beautiful soul I mean, not to sound like... That is beautiful. I love The Alchemist. Good job, That's such a badass book. It is. My 11-year-old's reading it right now. That's amazing. He loves it. Because it's a story, right? Like, it's a story. So even when you're young, you can get into that stuff. Exactly. um, I'm not much of a reader, honestly. I mean, I'm I'm such an audio learner. Yeah. um, um, That actually, I listen to the audio book. And it's one that I've actually listened to, I think, twice. Um, And it's it's funny when it hits you, right? It's like, you know what? This is the time, you know? I mean, I think the time next time is going to be to go on Hoffman, but I might need you to call my wife and tell her I'm leaving for a week. (laughs) (laughs) She'll like when you come back, though, man. She'll like like your attitude when you come back. I dig that, man. Have you you read the book, The Alchemist? Mm -mm. Oh, I should read it, bro. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's just a good read. In well, sure, I have too. books everywhere. I have books in my car. I have books in my glove compartment. I have books like all over the place. When you're walking around my house, and books. Hey, who's that dude with the library? It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. So, so what is Matt Sweeney's working on now? Um, what am I working on now? Well, right now I'm just spending a lot of time with my team, man. I mean, uh, my salon team, my Lanza family, right? Like Leah, Leah and I and Ammon, we're doing lots of projects together. Um, we did, I did just shoot for Naha and for BTC this year. Um, I don't know, man. I, like, I know everyone, you know, you got to have the, fi- the three-year plan, the four-year plan, the five-year plan. Man, I got no fucking plan. Like, wh- wherever the wind blows me is where I'm going to go, man. I mean, do I want to make sure that I save some money? Do I want to make sure I do that? Yeah, of course. But I don't really set out those those long-term goals. And it's not because I don't want to achieve anything. It's because... I think that it just, they come to me when I, when they need to, you know, the ideas come to me when they need to. I mean, the reality is, man, who knows, 10 years from now, I might own a coffee shop on a beach in Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Like, That's nice. Right. Yeah. Or be I, in Brazil with, or Miami with your $40 million. Yeah, you right. No, man. I mean, I love that. I love our industry and our industry is spectacular and amazing and so many things. And, but it's a big, big world out there, man. You know, there's a lot of stuff. That's true. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, mean, right? I, w- I think being a barista would be cool for a while. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows <laughs> my man? wife you know? always wanted the you know a coffee I mean? shop. Yeah. Right? I don't yeah. know, man. Like, wake up my flip flops. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what's next, man? But I know I love what I do now. So that's pretty yeah. rad. Do you have like a? I mean, you had such a like a, a full career. Do you have like any uh, like highlights or, or? I mean, let's let's erase Naha for a sec. Cause mm. I think that that's just an easy go to for sure. But like, but like, what are your? Uh, I guess what are you most proud of that's, you know, not, not, not some award that you had to walk up to pick? Right. Um, I would say for myself, um, it's the people that I encounter. Like when I teach and I get someone come, that comes up to me and I had a, actually how about this? Okay. So I had a girl come up to me um, at Behind the Chair this year at the BTC show. Right. Come up to me and tell me how a 15 minute conversation that I had with her last year completely changed her life. Like she never believed she could make a thousand dollars behind the chair. And in one year she's making a hundred thousand dollars behind the chair. Uh, she just never believed she could achieve this. She's achieving that. And like to see her face, like, I mean, it made me, made me cry, but, uh, I was just so like, to me, that was like the greatest thing is like, I am actually paying it forward. You know, I think there's, there was a phase in our industry when educators were, not necessarily there to help other people out, but more to just serve themselves, you know, like the fame, like I want to be famous, you know? And I tell you this to my, my team all the time, like we're educators, we're not entertainers. 
So at the end of the day, they should be entertained by your education. But you're not an entertainer, man. Like you're not, St- you're not, you're not Seal or Sting or whoever. You know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's not who you are. Like you're out. Th- your job is to help people grow. You know, and if you're not doing that, then you're not educating. Like that's what a teacher does. And so it's moments like that where someone's just come up to me and said, you know, you inspired me to, to, to look for more um, than what I'm currently doing. I, I, I'm kind of blown away I, once again. Um, how many times have we heard the story of, you know, someone's greatest achievement or whatever is the most basic? You know, is that is that is that is just the, the connection with people or, or the relationships with people? And I mean, we've heard that numerous times on the on the podcast. You know, it's like it was the simple stuff. It wasn't it wasn't the big stuff. It wasn't the me stuff. It was it was the them stuff. Hundred percent, man. You know, and, and and that and and once again, you know, to reiterate, you know, we've been very fortunate to talk to um, people that have you know been pr- been pretty successful in our in our industry, and um, and it's funny to me the, how that's that seems to be the universal kind of call. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think so, man. I just. There's a, our industry is full of good karma, man. We help people. We grow. We, we do things together. And so the more that we can help, help people who look up to others in our industry, then the stronger we'll be as a whole. I love this dude. Oh, yeah. You know? If I could do like a Daniel Mason and a Matt sandwich, I'd be so happy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on top. <laughs> hey, that's my line. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, all right, dude, I don't know where we're going with this. This is going to be crazy. So, uh, all right, Matt, give him the rules. Well, that's uh, okay. You want to do that or you want to? Yeah, we do that before the uh, pack. Actually, you know what? Before we do our last question, yeah. Um, before we went on air, we talked a little bit about um, about uh, historic. I guess historical hairdressers or hairdressers that have that. Well, let's let's ask you straight up. Who's on your uh, Who's on your Mount Rushmore of hairdressers? Do they have to be dead? No. Okay. Well, all the people on Mount Rushmore are dead. Right. Well, that's a fair <laughs> that's question. True. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair question. Um, I would say for me. By the way, not, I don't want to have a Matt sandwich anymore. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it would be Trevor Sorby, uh, Angelo Seminara, Vidal Sassoon, and probably Sam. Sam. I love Sam. Sam Villa. Sam Villa. I love Sam, man. I, Sam has so kind, been so kind to me um, throughout the years of my career and someone who just really has always supported me and I just always has something positive to say to me so even if I'm feeling shitty Sam will make me feel better I don't know he's got a way of just really making people feel better I absolutely love that answer mm-hmm. um, we're going to go with that answer and uh, now should we yep do let's okay. do it okay no BS no my kids no world uh, peace world peace <laughs> peace right <clears throat> So, you want to ask them? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, today, as we stand, um, what is... <laughs> actually, I don't need, I'm scared about what this answer is going to be now that I think about You know I don't BS, so... Right, yeah, <laughs> like... What are you absolutely obsessed with right now? And it can be a watch, it can be a TV show, it can be anything. What are you absolutely obsessed with right in this moment? Oh, what am I absolutely obsessed with right in this moment? Honestly, expanding my mind, man. Like, that's the reality. Like, I know that we use such a small portion of our brain. Mm-hmm. And so I am consistently, like, I'm consistently trying to do things that are going to expand my mind and allow me to 
just kind of see with more clarity, right? Because everything is so fucking foggy um, with the state of the world today, you know? It's just mm-hmm. fucking foggy. And to break that fog is, is difficult. Right. We don't even see it, man. That's the reality. We don't even see it. We think, you know, Instagram is life and all, and just all that shit, man. I'm trying to expand my mind. You know what? Well, I mean, there's really no better way to, to, to sum up this whole conversation because that's pretty much what the whole conversation has been yeah. about. So we want to present this uh, little little bag for you. Uh, oh. Pink Pewter, Ruzel, and uh, the and Zuka, the Zuka, experience. The Zuka yeah. experience. Yeah, uh, put man. together a little bag for you. You and guys didn't I'm have to do say. that. This was my pleasure. I should bring you guys a bag. Yeah, at least a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. But the <laughs> coffee shop across the street is dope. You should yeah. check it out. Uh, yeah. We'll definitely oh, really? check it out. I'm yeah, a, yeah. I love coffee. That's me too, man. I'm a, like a, I, I am a bitch about my coffee. I'm not going to tell you a bitch about it. And across the street, they have a good one. Oh, all right. That's pretty cool. So, um, so I think we wrap up here, and then we'll uh, we'll show Matt how the Zuko works, and um, he'll definitely uh, be in love with that thing. And um, I challenge him. Well, he's make like, it oh, official. Make it official. Okay, yeah. let's do it, Mr. Matt Sweeney. Uh, what even title? Uh, Lonza hair. Hel- Lonza healthy hair. Right. Help me out, Matt. Uh, I mean, I'm the global creative director for Lonza, but you can just call me Matt. But how can people find you? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's, that's How can one. people follow you and find you? Uh, via text message, I've yeah, learned. Text message. I mean, I'm on Instagram. It's Matt.Swinney. Uh, but other than that, that's it, really. Right. Cool. Yeah, not on Facebook. None of that stuff. So He can't be found. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, well, Mr. Matt Sweeney, with so many titles, we're not going to do any of them. <laughs> that's perfect. I like it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Your Day Off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>